I hope everyone out there had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed some good football. And now you're ready for a special Thanksgiving edition of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. What's going on, everybody? Got this special edition of the Good, the Bad, and the Box Score for you. I am Wyatt here to talk about the Thanksgiving games that we just watched. Some really good football there, some really bad football towards the end, I would say, from the Seahawks. But this is going to be an abbreviated version of the show. Those all familiar with the show, returning viewers, first off, appreciate you. But there's really going to be no no injury talks. Nothing really happened yesterday. I'm also going to skip the best and the worst performances of the day. I'm just going to pick out the most important thing I thought I saw from each team to talk about. Um, all new viewers out there, thank you for joining us. We are JWB Fantasy Football. We aim to help you crush all of your competition. We're on a goal of 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. Please like and subscribe. It would mean the world to us. But let's talk about some of this football. Starting off with the Packers. Is Christian Watson back? Uh, he looked really good this game, and they finally hit on one of these deep throws between him and Jordan Love, and honestly, Jordan Love could have thrown the ball a little bit better. It was slightly underthrown. If he th- leads uh, Christian Watson a little bit, this is a very long touchdown, but either way, Christian Watson finishes with a very good fantasy day. Seven targets, five catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown on his way to 17.9 half PPR points. He did this on the 21 21- 0.9% target share. If you watched either last week's The Good and the Bad the Box score or the Dynasty Digest episode that I do with Skyler and a guest, uh, I mentioned in both of those that in the last game, Christian Watson was actually out-targeted by four other Packers. And I was really worried that he was starting to lose in pecking order because the way he was being used only as a deep threat and things weren't clicking. Now, in this game, he was still more used as a deep threat than not, but he did have some more short intermediate targets. Uh, the touchdown that he caught from Jordan Love was a perfectly placed ball over his shoulder. He reached out and caught it. It was a very great play. And you have to go along with this. Jordan Love probably played the best game of his career, in my opinion. Um, he was 22 of 32, 268 yards, three touchdowns, also ran for 39 yards, 26.62 fantasy points. But even getting away from just fantasy, like Jordan Love looked poised against this Lions pass rush and was really dealing that entire game. He looked really good. Like I I've said multiple times now on Twitter, something along the lines of like you watch Jordan love play and he can make these insane, beautiful throws from time to time. He has this like incredible mixtape, if you will, but the stuff in between gets a little wonky. He could be inaccurate, make some bad decisions. And you just like, look at this and like, you know, that it's there. The talent is there. The physical skills are there. He just can't put it together consistently i thought this was a game where he really put it together throughout the entire game and that was great to see because if if he can continue to do that more often you know uh you've got a fringe qb1 rest of the season in jordan love because we know that he can put the fantasy points up there even when he's playing bad if he's playing good like you expect it to be consistently getting fantasy points and then also a dynasty like i know there's a large contingent of people I've kind of bordered on it myself, where if you have Jordan Love, you're just looking for the opportunity to sell him for a first because it's hard to believe in him long term. But games like this make you think maybe it can happen. And if he's going to put more of these games back together, you know, like back to back to back to finish this season, there's going to be reason to believe that you don't want to actually sell Jordan Love, that maybe you actually have a long term QB. 
All right. For the Lions, Jameer Gibbs disappoints. 11 carries, 54 yards, 8 targets, only caught 4 of them for only 19 yards. 9.3 half PPR points. Now, 9.3 is not like going to kill you in most lineups. But we've come to expect a lot out of Jameer Gibbs over these last few games. And if you're going to tell me he's going to get 19 opportunities with 8 of them being targets, I'm going to expect a lot more than 9.3 half PPR points, especially against the Packers. Now, I think that there was a little bit of maybe the Lions didn't use him quite as creatively as they have have in the past, in the past few games. Um, There was also the fact that, you know, uh, Dave Montgomery got back to playing, I think, a little bit more of the snaps that he had since returning from his injury. There's a little bit to this. It's probably all noise. I still think Jameer Gibbs is extremely talented, a very good fantasy asset. It's just going to this week, myself and basically the entire fantasy pros ECR had him as a top six running back this week. Uh, We expected a lot from him after he's been on this run over the last month where he's been the RB1 in fantasy, in fantasy points per game. So to see this happen in a good matchup is unfortunate. I'm guessing more mo- more noise than anything, but it is important to remember that Dave Montgomery is still going to be a large portion of this offense, large portion of the running back opportunities. There's going to be times when one of them doesn't quite get to where we would like them to. The thing, though, is that probably going to be Jameer Gibbs more often than not because we know that Dave Montgomery is the preferred goal line running back for anybody out there who didn't didn't see the one interview with Jameer Gibbs in the game where he had two touchdowns with Dave Montgomery playing. He said that Dave Montgomery is supposed to go in at the one yard line for him after he broke off a big run. And Dave Montgomery said, no, you go in and let Jameer Gibbs go in to get the one yard touchdown. So we like, no, straight up, like that is what the lions plan to do. So we know they are, Whenever they get up close, it's going to be Dave Montgomery. They get up close a lot. So that's why Dave Montgomery is almost safe in this way because of his touchdowns. And maybe Jameer Gibbs has a little bit more uh, volatility to his weekly projection, though his weekly projection still should be pretty good. I just think maybe we as a ranking community got a little bit ahead of our sleds by ranking Jameer Gibbs so high this week. On to Dallas. Tony Pollard's resurgence continues. He had a really good game last week, finally got another touchdown, and then this week he does it again. 13 carries, 17 yard, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Six targets, caught all of them 42 yards, which is the more important part of this really to me is those six targets and catching all of them because we saw some of his past game usage dip down over the middle of the season, and now it's starting to come back up, which is really important for Tony Pollard's floor. This all got him to 19.3 half PPR points. Again, this was another good matchup for Tony Pollard and the Cowboys, but still, this is things we need to see from a player like Tony Pollard. We need to see him continue to get the opportunities we want from him. You know, 19 total opportunities here with six of them being targets is great. And we need to see him be able to produce on those opportunities, which he was able to do today. Tony Pollard, still top 10 running back rest of the season. When you get this kind of workload on this powerful of an offense, you got to be a top 10 running back. On to Washington. Curtis Samuel's big day. 12 targets, 9 catches, 100 yards, 14.5 half PPR points. Just a giant day. 
for Curtis Samuel. We've seen some up and down games for Curtis Samuel before. Early on in the season, he was involved a good bit in the offense. Didn't lead to a ton of fantasy points, but he was like flex worthy in some deep leagues. But this was his first really big game of the year. But I think what we need to take from this is the Washington commanders needed a counterpunch to the Cowboys pass rush. And I think that counterpunch was the short, quick targets to Curtis Samuel and let him work in space uh, to try and like, you know, get away from that pass rush in a way, get away from trying to have long developing place with Sam Howell throwing deep to Jahan Dotson or Terry McLaurin. They just threw these short passes. I honestly thought that that would be Logan Thomas this week. Logan Thomas, on the other hand, ended up having a very bad week, quite the disappointing week. Um, and all of that really went to Curtis Samuel. Now, maybe this is something that continues a little bit moving forward rest of the season, as we know that the big thing for Sam Howell is he takes too many sacks, but that's started to come down recently, and he started to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Maybe the commanders are saying, hey, we're going to have Curtis Samuel out here as your safety blanket whenever a pass rush is getting really close. You know, it is really fierce, and you just need to try and check down Curtis Samuel more often than not. If that's the case, he's going to be maybe a flex-worthy player again. I'm not super confident that happens. I think this this performance does uh, has a lot to do with the match matchup against Cowboys this game. But you know, it's worth noting Curtis Samuel in deep rosters should be on rosters uh, in your more shallow leagues. I don't think he's really roster worthy yet, but you know, keep an eye on him. On to the 49ers. The 49ers rule of two thirds. In the passing game, we basically just know this. And it doesn't matter the matchup. It doesn't matter the game. It seems like every single week, only two out of the three main pass catchers for the 49ers can get there for us for fantasy. This week, that was Debo and Ayuk. Debo had nine targets, seven catches, 79 yards. Also had four carries for another 15 yards and a touchdown on his way to 20.9 fantasy points. Um, this was definitely a matchup-based play i think for debo against the 49 or against the seahawks um as he does very well against zone coverage which the seahawks tend to run a lot of and then brain Ayuk, only four targets caught two of them but it's for 50 yards and the touchdown ends up getting there with the late touchdown for 12 fantasy points uh he almost had a touchdown earlier in the game where devon witherspoon made an incredible play to deflect the ball away from him right at the last second. Otherwise, Ayuk would have had a touchdown earlier in the game. So I think you can look at this and know that, like, Ayuk was still a big part of the offense, like, probably would have scored earlier in the game. Like, don't think just last-minute touchdown saved him. Otherwise, he had a terrible game. Like, I think if it wasn't for a magical Seahawks defensive play, he would have had a possibly even bigger game and would have had a good game earlier. And who knows what happened after that. And then here's the one-third of the two-thirds. George Kittle doesn't get there for us. Five targets, three catches, 19 yards, only 3.4 fantasy points. Um, yeah, this is just going to happen sometimes. It seemed like George Kittle was starting to reach this point where some of his volatility went away because he was on the streak of performing week in and week out. But 49ers made sure to show us that it still exists for this team that really only two of the three will ever get there week to week, but they are all so good that 
you kind of have to still rank them highly. You can count on them because any of them could have a 20-point week at any point. Last one here, Zach Charbonnet, workhorse. We thought that this would happen after Kenneth Walker went down. For the remaining snaps last week, Kenneth Walker played 88% of them, um, or 83% of them. I'm sorry. But it, when ha- that kind of thing happens mid-game, it doesn't always mean it's going to continue into the next game. We kind of still need proof of concept, or that we need to actually see it, okay? Uh, but that actually happened this game. Didn't mean much for fantasy, but he did play 88% of the snaps today. That is more than Kenneth Walker's ever played in the game. I'll mention that sounds a little bit misleading, probably, as Kenneth Walker has two games of 87% snaps uh, when he was a rookie, but that hasn't happened this year. Um, I think it shows that, you know, Zach Charbonnet does have that full three down workload ability like we all expected that he does have in the NFL. He had 14 carries for 47 yards, four targets, caught all of them, but only for 11 yards, 7.8 fantasy points. As I mentioned, didn't quite get there for fantasy. This is a tough matchup against the 49ers. I thought he maybe he would get a little bit more checkdowns in the second half. Uh, as the Seahawks were really trying to like move and hurry up and play catch up to the 49ers. Only got the four targets, which is still fine. Like You'll take four targets for your running back week in, week out every time. It's just I thought there would be a little bit more. I thought he'd be able to get there in fantasy because of him having a little bit more passing work, but he didn't. But as long as Keith Walker doesn't play, we know that Zach Charbonnet is a three-down workhorse, and that is great for him and great for our teams if you've been stashing him. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode, The Good, The Bad, The Box Score. You can follow me on Twitter at YAP underscore FF. You can follow JWB at JWB underscore FF. As I said in the beginning, if you aren't subscribed yet, please like and subscribe. It would mean the world to us. In the description of this video, you'll find a link to our free Discord where people are talking every single day about every single format. You'll find the link to our Patreon for all of our bonus content. If you aren't on Underdog yet and you want to be on Underdog yet and participate in some of these cool best ball tournaments they have every week you can sign up with code jdbb for a first time deposit match up to a hundred dollars and lastly you can find jdbb fantasy football on all your favorite platforms all your streaming platforms all your social platforms we're there jdbb find us follow we appreciate you i'll see you next time